Hello, my friends. This is Glenda Taylor. I wanted especially to greet you on this this December 24th, Christmas Eve. I wanted to share with you the thoughts of my heart and some of the things that have been happening to me since the last podcast I made. And there are the words of a song that perhaps best summarize where I've been. The words are these. In this moment, in this hour, I remember who I am. Letting fear and worry fall away from me, I open my heart and say, There is only love. There is only love. That is a a good summary of where I've been in these past days. When I was painfully ill, when doctors and nurses were moving quickly and it seemed urgently around me, I observed my 80-year-old self do what it knew best how to do as I went from an illness-induced altered state to various medically-induced altered states with pain medications, anesthesia, and much more. I was swept into a a deepened interior focus that felt in some ways home to me. Only love. (laughs) But only love manifested itself variously and surprisingly. And it is that about which I, I feel called to speak to you today. There were, while I was in hospital, hallucinations, auditory and visual. There were images, colors, washes of color, really. Phrases that just came to me and instructions and dreams and and many other visions, I guess, arising and fading and reappearing as I moved in and out of these various states of consciousness. But it is the the sort of overall tone and the the content of of all of those things that happened with me that that I really want to focus on and speak about scenes came and went voices came and went but what was the background the ground of all of them was a sense of of loving affirmation and instruction each as one voice said Each was like a shard of light. (laughs) Shards of light. That phrase kept repeating itself for several days in my consciousness. Shards of light. For example, I saw a most elderly Native American man who was seated on the earth. And when I leaned down and spoke to him respectfully, calling him by the name of one of my teachers, though he looked nothing like that person had looked. This elder reached out and with surprising firmness grasped me by the arms and urged me to realize fully that I was important, that I needed to be, and to be the unique shard of light that I was meant to be. He said words in this 
vision about, yes, I guess the wholeness of it all, the one great mysterious spirit in which we and all else live and move and have our being, and and he repeated that great being lives in and through us. He said, <laughs> he said this interesting thing. He said, you are his arms, don't you see? <laughs> you are his arms, don't you see? You are needed. You are needed here manifesting that love that great spirit is. And that is important and essential. That was one of the I guess it was a vision or a hallucination, whatever. It was an important message that I got when I was when I was first in hospital, before even that they had performed surgery on me. At a time when I didn't know whether I actually was going to live or and be here in this world or or be in another. And the words of that wise old one about being the arms of spirit was echoed in another snippet of instruction. Um, one that was sort of couched in a prolonged atmosphere um, that my poor words now are trying to trying to express it, put it into words or are not very adequate, but it seemed that I was in an, in an atmosphere atmosphere that was that was trying to reveal to me how easy it would actually be to surrender, they use that word or that sense a lot, to surrender to the richness of life, the value of each moment. Surrender to the value of each moment, each event, as though that moment, that event, that person was and is wholeness itself. And that, of course, had an atmosphere of love and peace and serenity connected with it. And in that, in that surrendering to that awareness of love and that resonance with love, that was, seemed to be the atmosphere that I was sort of, sort of swimming in for five days while I was in the hospital. In one of those particular moments or, or words that came through to me about this this surrendering to that love and whatever form it comes I was given to understand and then and then came the actual words in in my in my uh, visionary or hallucinatory state there were just there was just this phrase uh, without any other context that stated very strongly and very joyfully just go on into it with your arms up <laughs> this voice said, with my arms up, I, I thought later, uh, going into it, surrendering, surrendering again into that richness of being and the beauty, really, that I was meant to be, that we're all meant to be. It seemed that, oh, I have been in situations a couple of times before in my life when I was, you know, right at that portal between life and death. 
and afterward, when I did live, of course, everything around me so seemed so beautiful, so alive, and so wonderful. And what seemed to be different with this experience that I'm I'm talking about that happened to me these past couple of weeks was that I came out of it thinking, oh my gosh, I am so richly alive and so vibrant and so holy and so beautiful, just like everything else is. And it seemed like a lot of what was working on me while I was in hospital was to to surrender to that awareness, that awareness of how precious my own being is not only to me, but to wholeness and beingness itself, which I guess in in some context could sound egotistical or self-important, but lying there in hospital listening to these words and seeing these images and these visions that were coming to me, it was all wrapping me around with this sense of self that uh, I guess all the spiritual traditions point us to. The next day after having that, uh, those instructive words just go into it with my arms up, I was, I was finally made ready for surgery. I'd been in the hospital a couple of days before they actually decided they were going to do surgery. And the uh, nurse or whoever it was came to get me at, I don't know, five or six o'clock in the morning out of my room and wheeled me in my bed down the hallway and uh, as I was going down the hall and I was looking up at the ceiling tiles flashing or over me and, and of course, thinking about all of the sort of preparation, I guess, for this that I had been experiencing in my drug-induced and, and spiritually-induced state of of surrendering to whatever came to every moment and seeing it whole and beautiful and part of the great fabric of life. As I was being wheeled down the hall uh, to surgery and pushed up against the wall outside the swinging doors that would take me into the surgery unit, um, and the anesthesiologist came and, you know, had me sign some piece of paper, and and uh, my doctor walked by and and uh, and asked me if I was ready, and I said to him, "Well, I'm here," and and then they both disappeared on into the surgery unit, and I was there in the hall all by myself, and I had a few moments there in 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 remembering all of that all of that love and all of that instruction to surrender into it with my arms up. And I didn't raise my arms up because they were all attached to IVs. But but I did remember the words of a, of a chant or a song that, uh, that I have sung many times. And, and it came very strongly into my mind at that moment. And the words of the, of the song or the chant are opening, opening. I, I really wanted to be open to what was going to come, no matter what it, whatever it might be in this life or the life to come, whatever it might be. So the words of the chant were opening, opening, opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one. I can't remember if that's a Yogananda chant or some other kind of chant. I don't know where I actually got those words, but 
opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one and in and there in the hall on the on the gurney or the bed or whatever it was i was i was chanting that to myself and then uh i know i was really way out there because i thought to myself you know this is what i need to do when they wheel me in there for surgery what i need to do is to say to them here i am in nagadoches texas you know in the in the heart of the bible belt and all these faithful wonderful people who live here and many of them with their own uh, sense of wholeness and some of them with with a with a certain way that they define that here i am ready to as i said to myself when i get wheeled in there i'm going to say to them i want to say a prayer actually i want to sing a prayer and i want you all to listen and sing it with me this was what was going on in my head and so i'm singing away in my mind opening up in sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one fortunately the great spirit was kind and with the anesthesia put me out before they wheeled me into the surgery unit so that that didn't happen but that was what i was thinking just as i went into the surgery that that i was open to the love light the luminous love light of wholeness and oneness and love and so uh high was i on on whatever it was of spirit and of of wonderful medications that that i was joyful in that moment of going going out of consciousness uh and be operated on which took a couple of hours i guess and and uh and and then i came when i came to again i was back in my room and christina and carrie and jim and Dimby were gathered around me and jackie came too and and i woke up in that just serene blissful powerful place of oh i'm here and and i think some of my first words were i i as i looked at each one i love you so much and and i they they told me later that i said to Dimby that uh, Steve had been with me there while I was while I was out of it. I had some sense that in that liminal place between life and death, between this world and the next, that our good friend Steve, Demby's husband, who had crossed over a couple of years ago, that in those moments his presence had been strongly felt by me. And I was so grateful for that, and I was so grateful to look on the faces of these people that I love so much, and they were so radiant and beautiful. My friend Jim, who's been there several times when I've, when I've been ill or in hospital, and and he would come and stand by me and his faithfulness, and and of course Christina that had never left my side since I had, since I'd gotten ill, and she brought me to hospital and. I was just so grateful to think about all that was here standing around me, all the love. And so it was interesting. This altered state that I had been in continued. Of course, I was still quite drugged up after the surgery. And then in the, I think maybe the next night, you know how it is when you're in hospital, they come in all during the night and some nurse came in in the in the dark of the night that was lightened only by the light from the monitor of the IV pole attached to me by by tubes and 
dripping life-giving medicines and fluids into the stent of the artery in my right arm, the place they'd finally been able to get a blood draw from an artery they hadn't been able to, had been so dehydrated, they hadn't been able to find a vein. And and so uh, I was lying there in, in the dark, and, and I was awake, but uh, still I was startled by a sudden burst of light and a cart rolling in and a, another nurse saying, Miss Taylor Vitals, with a blood pressure cuff and the thermometer and a, and a clip on my finger and all of that reading my vitals and after she was done and gone I lay there in the soft modest light left there in the middle of the night meditating rather solemnly on vitals thinking what is really vital to my life now that I have more time to be here and to go on. What are my vitals, really? As I reflected a little bit on uh, on all the things that I'd been experiencing and with a great sense of gratitude and humility, I, I would drift in and out of sleep and I woke from one dream This is what I wrote down. Apparently there was a person. Rags clutched in his hands, covered bloody wounds made when his nails had pressed so hard into his hands when he saw me. That's what I wrote down. There was this person, and apparently he had something had been said or done. When he saw me, his fingernails had pressed so hard into his hands that they bled, and in in my dream that Rags were covering those bloody wounds. And he said to me, I forgive you, he said. And in the dream I said, How can you forgive me for this? I asked him. And he said, I forgive you for whatever you did to bring about this change. That seemed really important to me, and I I thought I'll meditate on that later for a long time when I'm back at home and in a a different state of consciousness. But at the moment, waking from that dream, I felt I was just tears. Tears came and, and watered my face. I forgive you for whatever you did to bring about this change, whatever that change was in myself. But to know that, that that my suffering or my actions or my life are something that when this person in my dream saw me, it wounded him to see me so and that I was forgiven. It seems like the oldest spiritual story in the world and how important to receive forgiveness Later on that same night, in a sort of semi-awake state, I heard a voice that said, Are you ready? And I said, How can I be ready when I don't know what for? And the words came back, Wrong answer. (laughs) So remembering the moment before surgery when the surgeon said, Are you ready? And I I had given the answer to the surgeon, I'm here. 
I knew that was still the right answer. I'm here. I'm here. So I've continued to meditate on these and many, many other things that happened to me during that time, sometimes chanting to myself or singing to myself that song, I am open, I am willing. I am open, I am willing. To be other would be so wrong. Those are the words of the song. So my surrender and my openness, I've tried to keep that with me. I've tried to keep the luminous, the radiance of beauty of everything and of myself in my consciousness in these days since I've been back home, back home to my precious Earth Springs with Christina taking care of me others visiting and praying for me. Many of you, I know, praying for me. I've been able to get up and move around and think about all of you. One morning, a couple couple of days ago, I cooked elk sausage given to us by, by Wade, our friend Wade, who hunted and took this elk late last August. And we put it in the freezer and brought it home from Colorado. And now in my weakness after surgery, I, I partook of the flesh of this mountain life, this stately elk, this horned being, who without doubt often stood as I picture it now silhouetted against the sky, who have steady on the rocky mountain slope, great horns sometimes reflecting sunshine, sometimes... By now, a layer of snow atop each angle of horn. Maybe just before Wade took him, his, his great elk voice bugled loudly across the high meadows, green-sloped, where the herds gathered, his call announcing his prowess, telling the females of the herd how much he could offer to the new life to be created in union with him. I took that in as I ate the flesh of this great life, life I know Wade thanked and blessed in a traditional sacred way. I take it in along with the high mountain air, the clear water from the mountain streams that that elk drank from, head dipping and then rising afterward to look carefully around every few minutes. And I take in, too, the crisp green tart vegetation this elk grazed upon to make himself so mighty. I take it all in now after surgery to feed the new life arising in me. I take it in with unlimited gratitude, gratitude for all of it, all of it, and for the great love that is the source of it and the maker of me and of elk medicine that I praise with my words, and with gratitude for all of you, for my family, for my dear, dear family, for my loved ones, for my tribe, for all the people that I'm connected to and have been connected to in any way that makes up my life, really. On the full moon of December the 12th, which now is couple of weeks ago after my surgery I was I was lying in bed still too weak and unsteady to 
trust myself to walk around outside here at Earth Springs in the forest, as I so often do on a full moon night. And I, I lay there and I bless the light and the fullness of all things, all the shards of light, the majesty of it all. And in the fullness, the way the fullness of things are, at the same time, my my good dear friend, Christina, my caregiver, stepped outside to gaze into the, the night and the mystery and commune with the spirit of her mother who had departed this life exactly one year ago on December 12th. Remembering that last night of her mother's life, there, Christina, with tears in her eyes, with still soft, strong grief and tender gratitude for her mother's love. Christina stared into the moon and said her prayers, and then she came back inside to find a guitar and to sing to the moon and her mother and to me, I feel your light on me. I feel your light on me. In other words of hers, mystic blessing over and over. At the same time, on that same night, I learned later, my granddaughter Catherine celebrated her birthday December 12th, same night. She's 19 years old, and she t told me that she celebrated by dancing outside alone, praising it all in the full moon. She later told me, dancing in gratitude for life, she said, and remembering to pray for me, for her grandmother's recovery. And she was, she said, infused with a magical, mystical sense that everything was well, that all her good dreams would come true. My granddaughter, dancing in the light. December 12th, Christina singing to the light, December 12th, me lying in my bed, recovering, so grateful for all the shards of light and for all the instructions to be the light, to be the light, the pure light that I am, that we all are that we all are beautiful and holy. Wholeness upon wholeness, wholeness upon wholeness. My love is with each of you. I have no idea what you will make of this podcast, <laughs> but I wanted to share with you where I've been, how moved I've been. And as I slowly, slowly make my way back to strength, I look toward you and this life we will share together in the days to come and always and ever. This is Glenda Taylor. Join me again online at oneandallwisdom.com or in person at Earth Springs Retreat Center. Happy Holiday. Mm -hmm.